it is I, your host, Dharma, also known as The Entertainer, and welcome my guys, gals, and non-binary pals, also known as The Magic Pants Collective. Yes, that's what I'm calling it, because we are fun here, because rainbows are amazing. Now, bring your rainbow butts over here, because we are talking about write what you want to read, draw what you want to see. Here we talk about professional writing and professional digital art, all the tips, tricks, what not to do's, and everything in between about these two creative subjects. And we also talk about a few other things here as well, including, you know, business and how I'm doing personally, and my thoughts just on all sorts of different things and cool stuff. So welcome, and I hope you join the Magic Pants Collective today. Rainbows out! Hello loves, it is I, your favorite neighborhood lesbian, and today I'm back again with another one for you all. Now, I know last week I did not get to creating a podcast episode, and I am so very sorry about that. I just lacked a lot of motivation for whatever reason. But I'm back again today, and I have a topic for you all to enjoy. So today I'm going to be talking about selling as a digital artist. Now, the first thing is, and the most important thing, is the distinction between um, commission selling and just straight-up selling, or I guess freelance selling. I'm still learning the terms myself, so I'm just going to call it just selling. So, what is the difference? Well, when it comes to regular old selling, it's exactly what it sounds like. You're either selling the digital piece digitally just as it is, or perhaps you are selling it on some place like Redbubble, which will um, print it onto t-shirts and mugs and whatever else you want it on for you. But either way, this is your typical just selling. And I'm going to get more into the example of Redbubble and things like that later on. Um, please do hold on a moment. So now we come back over to the commission side of things. The commission side of things is highly custom. Not that the selling side isn't, but what I mean is that on the selling side, when you're just focused on selling, that's what you do. I believe it's called freelancing as well. Like I said, I'm still learning the terms, so I may not be perfect at them. But either way, on the selling side of things, you truly are just selling. You are selling something that has already been made. You've made it yourself. Um, you know, nobody has asked you to necessarily. You've just decided to create this thing, and now you want to sell this thing. Um, whereas on the commission side, you haven't created anything yet. You see... Ana um, you see, the core difference is that with the selling, you've already created something and that's what you're selling. On the commission side of things, you are asked to create something, then you create it, and then you sell it. You see, um, how, what's an easier way to explain this? What's it? Okay, here, here we go. So, on the selling side of things, you come to the customer. You come to the customer with an already made product, already ready, packaged, ready to go. Whereas on the commission side of things, the customer comes to you asking for what they want, whether it be um, a character or a background or just some sort of illustration. Whatever it is that you do, um, especially um, specifically on that listing, because you can have multiple listings. Um, that's another thing I'll get into in a minute. 
But yeah, so basically, selling, you come to the customer, commissioning, customer comes to you. So yeah, another difference when it comes to commissioning is, like I said before, the customer's coming to you with what they want, um, the specific details of whatever it is. For example, I am a character illustrator, so I would put up a listing or a commission um, as a character illustrator. Now, of course, there's a lot of different ways that this, I could customize this. You know, I could be all like, okay, so, you know, um, click this if you want just a headshot, or click this if you want a half body, or this if you want a full body, whatever. But we're going to be skipping over all of those details for right now. Right now, we're just focusing on the main details. So, because somebody comes over to the character design, let's just say for sake of example, it's a full body that they can decide to commission me for, fill out all of the other details, bam. So now what typically happens is, is that um, you and the customer are able to message each other in some sort of way. I know that, um, I believe it's on Fiverr where you can just directly message, uh, where you can just directly message each other from within the app, and I believe there are a few other services that allow for direct customer and seller interaction, but that stuff doesn't matter for right now. So from there, um, the customer tells you what they want, you go ahead and you draw that and you send it to them, make sure every everybody's got an A-okay. A lot of artists will, um, sh will also send um, we'll send, um, f uh, pictures or, or screenshots or whatever of, like, the sketch before they decide to go ahead and finish it, but as far as I understand, it's not necessarily a requirement, um, so, yeah, basically to get the go-ahead, to get the okay before they decide to take all the time to finish the piece, just in case if the person just doesn't like it, now you've wasted all of that work. But either way, um, like I said, it's not a requirement of this business to do it that way. And, you know, everybody's got their own terms and stuff listed out in a different way. So, um, but either way, that is basically, basically what a commissioned artist does. Um, yet again, a commissioned artist, customer comes to you. A selling artist, you come to the customer. So, why do we need to make this distinction? Well, because of a few defining factors. Number one is what kind of apps slash websites you can use. There is a very big difference between commission artistry and selling artistry. If you're just straight up selling, you can use sites such as Redbubble, like I said, um, if you want to um, print it out, things like that, you know, print it onto something, stickers, all sorts of that stuff, um, all of that good thing, all of those good things. Whereas if you were a commission artist, you might want to consider using something more like Fiverr or in certain cases, something more like um, Etsy things like that. So it's very important in determining what kind of apps slash websites you are going to be using in order to sell whichever way you're selling. So yeah. And the other reason why I bring this up is these are the, mo the two 
uh, two of the most common ways for independent artists to get work. Now, I could not honestly tell you about um, working as an artist who is not independent, um, either as a part of a larger company, such as, you know, like Pixar, Disney, all of that stuff, or even just, um, you know, maybe something not in the animation industry, you know, maybe just working as a part of a larger team, working on things such as um, MAPS, um, which typically stands for multi-animator projects, but, um, you know, I, I, I could venture to guess that the same acronym could be used for multiple artists, um, multi-artist projects or something of that nature. Yet again, I'm not sure if that's the official acronym. I can just see it being the same between the two um, medium industries. But either way, it's a very important distinction to make also that you are an independent artist. Now, of course, I didn't talk about this in the beginning, um, but that's simply because, well, I have always been an independent artist. So it's something that sometimes I overlook a little bit. So, yeah, just for future reference, if you hear me talking about things that um, don't seem to take place in the regular industry, it may be because of I've got an independent artist um, view of the world, and like I said, I, I've never taken a job, an actual industry job, or anything like that. I've always been independent, so... You know, I can't really speak on that aspect of it, but what I can tell you is on the independent side of things, you've got to do a lot of research for yourself. Now, focusing in a little bit more on the commission side of things, earlier I mentioned how uh, some artists um, send the initial sketches or finished sketches of their work to their client before they proceed. Now, I also mentioned that this depends on your terms as well. You see, I personally feel like um, it's very important to list out your terms to your customers before they come to commission you, and even afterwards just to make sure that they are fully um, informed of what's going on here, because the thing is, is that there's a lot to consider when it comes to being a commissioned artist. The first thing is that this isn't your idea, um, and this is very important to note because if you're someone like me who is also a social media person, you often use your art and specifically time lapses of your art to post on social media. Now, taking into account that this isn't your idea, you now have to think about, well, can I use this time-lapse or this art on my social media? This is where things such as terms come into place. You see terms like in any um, online or even offline space dictates how things are going to go. You know, they're the basic rules. You know, terms and conditions are, you know, present on basically every website to exist. And there's good reason for it. You see, in this case, in this example, you might want to have a term listing that you um, 
this is just an example, so don't take me word for word. Yet again, your own research um, should... I, I would advise you to do your own research. But, you know, just as a basic example, um, I reserve all rights to the time-lapse of this artwork for commercial, personal, um, and social media use, for example. Um, and, you know, also say... I reserve the right to post this artwork on social media and use it commercial, commercially and personally with credit or something of that nature. Um, I personally like to offer up credit to um, each time I do something like this simply because of the fact that I get it, you know, you, it, it's your idea first, I recognize that, you know, I'd like my ideas to be protected as well. And crediting can just be as simple as adding their at tag on Instagram, you know, to the description of your post or something of that nature, you know, just with a little blurb saying original idea or original concept by blah blah blah. You know, something of that nature. You know, it doesn't have to be too complicated and it doesn't have to be too crazy, just, you know, something, you know, a fair trade of sorts when it comes to that. Now, yet again, you don't necessarily have to do that either. You can just say you reserve the right to post this, talk about it, share the time lapse of it, all of that stuff without credit. It all depends on how you work, what the, you know, things like, what, what you do, things like that. You know, when it comes to something such as logos, for example, you can probably get away with um, sharing the time lapse of it and maybe even the image of it, you know, things like that, but you're probably going to need to do credit for it. And especially for works where somebody has specifically paid for your watermark to not be there or things like that, you're probably going to want to credit it if you don't want to get into any trouble. Or to, you know, just be a kind, nice person because, you know, that's what kind, nice people like you do. So, yeah, it's one of those things where you're definitely going to want to have terms, like I said, especially if you think you're going to be posting this on social media in any sort of form. You just, the basic thing when it comes to terms is you just want to cover your butt, okay? You just don't want to get slapped across the face later when... Even your calmest, most kindest, most loving customer comes back to bite you in your buns, okay? You just, you just don't want there to be any wiggle room for that to happen. So, it's always good to really think about, okay, what all goes into this process, you know? What all am I potentially going to be using this work for? Things like that, you know? There's a lot to consider when it comes to all of these things. And your terms don't necessarily have to be too lengthy or too corporate sounding. You know, yes, you're going to want to use specific terminology in places just because um, 
when you don't, that's when the loopholes form and that's when people take advantage of those loopholes. But, you know, outside of the more important places, you know, you just do your thing. So it's really, it really shouldn't be anything to stress too much about. Um, yet again, you're just trying to cover your butt, just trying to do your thing, you know. It's not that you have any malicious intent when you post, hey, I got this commission or something, or just finished this commission on social media or anything like that. You just want to make sure that, you know, nobody... Nobody gets their their shirt in a bunch because, well, you know, you 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 used the the art that you created of their character on Instagram or whatever. So those are just some important things to consider when it comes to being a commission artist. Um, the other thing is your watermark. There are a ton of different watermark styles. And there's a ton of different ways to display your watermark over your art as well. Now, I mentioned this earlier, but you may decide to have, um, you know, some sort of upcharge option or something like that for the watermark to be removed. Basically, um, quote-unquote, giving all rights to the customer. Now, yet again, you can still have listed in your terms, you know, just tack on, um, even if you get the, let's say, $10 um, watermark free upcharge, I will, I still reserve the right to my artwork and to, you know, post it, use it commercially, personally, and on social media, you know, something like that. Um, my wording here isn't exactly perfect because usually when I'm typing these things out, I get more time to really think about what I'm saying and it comes together a little bit more completely. Um, that's part of why I only really ever do messaging. I try my best not to do even just audio calls with people because of the fact that I just, I do not speak as eloquently um, through audio or just everyday speech, um, I just don't speak as well as I do, um, in text form. That's why if you ever decide to message, uh, pop over to Instagram, um, which is linked in the link of links down below and decide to directly message me about whatever, I tend to have my sentences put together a little better. But anyways, back to watermarks, as I was saying, not only are there different watermark styles, um, for example, instead of text, you can do an image, or you can sign it in, like, fancy cursive, or just sign it however you sign things, things like that. But there are also different ways for you to have your watermark as well. Now, typically in commissioned artwork, it is not, um... Um, sometimes online with certain artworks, you will see either the artist war uh, artist watermark gigantic in the middle of the work, or you will see it like uh, on those stock photos where maybe it's um 
maybe it's um, diagonal and just repeated all over the artwork, or maybe it's still like perfectly level and repeated all over the artwork. Typically in commissioned art, this is not what you do. If you're trying to protect like your own artwork that you just wanted to draw today, or you know, a comic that you yourself, just you are creating, you know, things like that. Like, I get it. But when it comes to commission work, even if they do not pay for the upcharge, or even if you just straight up don't have the upcharge to remove the watermark, this is typically, both of those methods are typically out of the question. You can still have your little image or watermark, you know, somewhere, but A, it's usually not going to be in the middle of the screen. B, it is not going to be very large. Um, um, I would say you'll want to keep it smaller, um, smaller to, um, like a, a more medium-sized, yet again, this highly depends on what type of watermark you're going with, um, and, uh, C, it's not going to re be repeated anywhere else on the artwork. If you're going to have a watermark, you're going to have it once. It's going to probably be small, and it's going to be tucked away either in one of the corners or, you know, um, you know, in some sort of um, just nook where nothing is really going on. Like, for example, let's say that you're commissioned to draw a kitchen, all right, and um, the perspective that you do it at um, makes it to where the side of a cabinet is seen, you know, and there is literally nothing going on with the side of that cabinet. It's just wood with some shadows, and there's nothing else going on then I would say it's probably okay for you to put your watermark there. Now, the last thing that I want to talk about is the selling um, side of things. So now that we've discussed some of the, at least the most important things when it comes to commissioning artworks, now we're coming over to the selling. Now, I personally don't include my watermark at all with any of the stuff that I sell. Um, specifically the stuff that I sell on Redbubble. Now, that doesn't mean that you necessarily can't have your watermark, but it also depends on what exactly it is, too. For example, let's say that you have decided specifically to make t-shirts, you know, let's say that's, that's all you want to make, just to keep all of these examples, um very straightforward and simple. Um, and let's say for this specific design, it is simply text, maybe with a little speech bubble background or something like that that says, I don't know, tickle me pink or something like that. It doesn't really matter. When it comes to that, I would say it's simple enough and without enough detail to, um, to make it not necessarily, it's, I would say, finding my words, I would say that it has such a minimal amount of detail that it's just simply not worth watermarking at that point, and I'm also not sure how much your watermark would necessarily do for you at that point. 
because the thing is, is speech bubbles can be found anywhere and everywhere, and especially considering that this is a simple t-shirt design, I don't think you would go too crazy with how stylized or interesting this speech bubble would be. You know, if, you know, most speech bubbles um, follow, like, one of, I would say, at most, like, four different styles, question mark. Um, so, like, it's not that it isn't unique, what your idea is. Like, I certainly have never seen a shirt with a speech bubble that says, Tickle Me Pink. But, you know, you it's not necessarily worth watermarking a speech bubble. And the text itself, you know, yet again, um, it's not that Tickle Me Pink isn't, you know, a phrase worth um, copywriting, but copywriting is very different from watermarking. Watermarking is when you claim something with a symbol or... Um, a word or something of that, and you claim it with something visual. Copywriting is when you claim it with, you claim it on the legal side of things, which, yeah, and just to, pr uh, just to preface all of this, I'm not a lawyer, I've never studied law, never gone to law school, so I don't know the ins, ins and outs of copywriting too much, but I do know a little bit about, about watermarking. So yeah, when it comes to designs and stuff like that, it just isn't worth it. Whereas if you do, if you have like a full character illustration or, you know, something like that, or even a half body or even just the head, things like that of this character, whether highly detailed or not, I would say it would be worth watermarking, but this would be an example of where you would use a very small watermark because the thing about watermarks is is that at the very least i've been told that watermarks do not necessarily need to be of a certain size in order to work and they don't necessarily need to be a certain color or a certain opacity to work either so yet again that's what i've been told however so you know, might be good to do your own research on that, because I was told that a while ago, and times are a-changing, friends, um, with AI art and all of that stuff. But either way, um, you can still watermark it however you would like it, and it'll probably do you some good, even if it's, um, yet again, though, you're gonna have to see for yourself, and you're gonna have to judge for yourself, um, the simplicity of what it is that you're trying to watermark on these shirts. Because the thing is, is I personally, I have a lot of different styles, and I draw a lot of different things. And some of those things are very, very simple, other things are very, very complicated. So, the thing is, is you've got to judge for yourself. You've got to make up your own little scale that says that on one end is too simple to watermark or it isn't worth watermarking because it's so simple and on the other end you have to say how can you not watermark this this is a freaking masterpiece of detail you know and you just gotta judge for yourself on that because every artist has different styles has different ways of working you know 
does different things, uses different stuff. So you have to be able to judge for yourself when something's too simple for you to bother or when something's so complicated that how could you not? So, and this is the most important thing when it comes to watermarking in general. I didn't mean for this to turn into a PSA about watermarking, but here we are. Um, but yes, you have to have that scale of understanding of when it isn't worth it and when you have to. Or it feels like you have to, because as an artist, you never necessarily have to do anything. You, you, can, you can go your entire career without watermarking at all, you know? I just personally recommend it because, well, you know, it's just, you know, it's something that a lot of artists do and a lot of artists want to learn how to do to try and do their very best to protect their art, which can't really blame you for. I personally don't watermark a whole lot myself, though. Um, even outside of Redbubble, I simply just forget. I simply just forget. And when I'm done with a piece, like, I, I'm already so in love with it most of the time that I just don't want to add anything else for those few occasions where I do remember it. So, it also depends on you as an artist. If you find it worth it to watermark, if you find it interesting to watermark, even if you even want to. But, with that whole watermarking um, announcement aside, it is something that you're going to want to consider. Um, because I've seen a lot of t-shirts out, out there that are very simple, without watermarks, and I've seen a lot of t-shirts out there that are very crazy awesome with watermarks. And without, too. So, yeah, it goes both ways. It just depends on how you're feeling, how much effort you put in, all that good stuff. So, yeah, when it comes to specifically what apps and websites you want to sell on, yet again, I will say for commissions, Fiverr, possibly Etsy, because you can make different listings, and I, I do work with some people who do offer services instead of products on there who are doing pretty dang good. Um, and when it comes to the selling side of things, Things like Redbubble, where you don't have to deal with all the products and stuff yourself, but you do have to keep in mind, specifically with Redbubble, you're not getting a whole lot of um, money yourself out of it, um, unless you really rack up the price. Um, there's not really a whole lot of other stuff that I can recommend to you on that front, simply because um, Redbubble's the only thing I'm currently using right now. Um, and I don't know a whole lot of just seller artists or artists that do just selling in general, but, um, Redbubble, I think, is a good place to start just to, uh, jump into that world, I think, um, because it's simple to use, it's easy to upload, it really, it takes barely any time at all to start one up, you know, all of this stuff, so it's just something to consider. And they've got, they've really got a lot of products that you can put your stuff on. Like, really, they really do. You know, the variety is what keeps me on there. So, you know, you've really got to decide for yourself um, when it comes to that. Like I said, there's other better things out there. I just, I, I'm getting back into the whole selling and commissioning side of art, not just the hobbyist side. So... We're both in this together. So, 
anyways, um, I have my link of links down in the description below. You can check out my Instagram, YouTube channel, all sorts of other stuff. A quick note for the YouTube channel, though. Um, right now, I'm not uploading any new content. Um, I'm deciding what exactly to do with the YouTube channel. I feel like the YouTube channel is the left-out middle child of my social medias at the moment. So I'm just trying to figure out how to revamp them. Uh, both for myself and for you guys. So it's probably going to be a bit before I come back around to making new stuff. But there are a bunch of videos already there. Like I said before, come in, in, DM me on Instagram. I will speak much more fancily when you do. And I will see you all in the next one.